Personnel moves coming to Denver and a couple of other markets. Keith's going to talk about that this morning. The timing, we think, is a bit strange, but Nielsen is on the block, and there's some negotiating going on. CNN Plus is very confusing for both Keith and myself. We'll talk about that, too. Good morning. We're back. Another edition of Media Insultants. We have our opinions and comments. I'm not sure that anybody cares, but we do, so we have fun with it. In Seattle, I'm Jackson Weaver. Keith, say good morning. Good morning, Jackson, from Los Angeles. Heat wave this week. Here we go. And we do this each Tuesday, and now we also do it on Friday. So today we'd like to welcome you to the Tuesday edition. This is the March 22nd episode of Media Insultant. Keith, so over the weekend, we were in Austin, and, uh, you know, that's home of South by Southwest. All the real groovy tech people show up for music and tech and that kind of thing. And I found a great reason to believe in radio's resurgence. I was talking to a couple of Gen Zers who were in town, and I asked under what circumstances they would listen to the radio. (laughs) And the best answer I got from one that was a 22-year-old woman who said, uh, yeah, I listen to the radio if my phone is broken. So <laughs> I guess I guess it's no surprise. So maybe we should start a strategy of sabotaging phones. Doesn't make a lot of long-term sense, but, you know, what else are we going to do in the radio business? I guess we need to do a, a bug in the next iPhone upgrade. So, uh, you know, people are locked up. Whoa, whoa, wait a minute. I'm getting – my phone's broken. I better turn on the radio. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. for radio, still, it is the good news that it's the largest audio source for consumers and streaming continues to grow. But, you know, candidly, right now, radio is, well, radio is a little dull. There's not a lot going on. Biggest news is what's going on in Denver. Can you bring us up to speed? Well, yeah, I, I didn't go to South by Southwest, so I'm not, I'm not among the cool kids. But, and I'm not even going to Coachella. And you're probably going to be in Palm Springs for Coachella. So, you know... I'm just happy to be your wingman here, and you up my hip factors tremendously. But yeah, yeah, last week turned out to be a big week in personnel moves. On Wednesday, uh, there were a couple of jobs open in Denver. Let me start with that. The market manager job for Intercom slash Odyssey has been open for about, well, it's been open for about eight months. It's been under the stewardship of the great John Fulham. They fired the general manager that replaced John Fulham. John Fulham came back in last July to uh, cover the market for Odyssey, and, and and John is absolutely one of the greatest managers in all of radio and, and a wonderful gentleman. They're lucky to have him in their stable of being able to fill in, but it took eight months under John's stewardship to find uh, the replacement for Chuck Sullivan, who'd left you know, uh, uh, you know, before that. And Bonneville also has had a job open, the same job, same market manager job open in Denver since Bob Call announced his retirement at the end of October, and I think he stayed on to the end of January. So there was another five months period where Scott Sutherland was looking for a new market manager in Denver, and they finally settled on someone. So Odyssey, Odyssey ended up promoting Micah Goldberg, who was their director of sales. He was in-house. How does it take eight months to find your DOS and promote him? I guess, what, John was grooming him for all that time and making him so much better than he was eight months ago? There is some viability to that, uh, although, you know, it's hard to say because 
you know, who knows what the previous management was really like and, and whether this guy was really ready. And then there's the other thing, and they all looked around and they said, shit, I don't know who else we're going to get to do this. <laughs> so let's just go with Micah. Let's okay. go with Micah. All right. Well, you could say the same thing about Bonneville. They, they searched for, you know, five. They knew this job had to be filled for five months. Uh, it went vacant for about three uh, or two and a half months anyway. And they ended up hiring someone I know, Katie Reed. Now, Katie's a, a, a longtime Cox uh, manager, uh, primarily, uh, you know, and she was in charge of all, you know, revenue. Like she was like this, not the chief revenue officer, but pretty much that for all the Cox-owned radio stations. Most recently, she's been the market manager in Jacksonville, which I think is like market 43 or something. And in Scott's ad, recruitment ad for this job in Denver. He was looking for a market manager in the top 25 markets. Well, <laughs> he didn't find that one, but he found Katie. Now, Katie's capable. She's really capable. She's a strong, independent thinker. She's, um, uh, she's really solid, uh, consistent background, success wherever she went. But really, it took five months to find Katie? I mean, she's, you know, you could have, rec- I mean, if, you, if, you, if she was really on your radar screen, that could have happened, you know, a couple of months ago. So I don't know why it takes radio group or regional guys so long to fill these jobs and then to fill them with kind of a, either an obvious choice like Micah or a very interesting, talented manager like Katie. I don't, I don't get it, Jackson. What takes, why do they take so long? Are they just doing it to save money? No, I don't think that's it at all. I think they just don't have a pipeline. I think that's the problem. You know, we don't have, <laughs> we don't have a funnel of, of capable people who are ready to move into management. We just don't. You know, we have a hard enough time filling sales roles and filling uh, local manager roles. And so there just is no pipeline. I think that, that'd be my biggest mm-hmm. single observation from that standpoint. Yeah, you're probably right. And, and, and you know, that kind of proves the point, too, with, uh, with another, another job that got filled last week, the market manager job in Dayton for Alpha. You know, and Alpha is a big Northwest company. You know them well from their base in Portland where they're run by Lisa Decker, who is outstanding. Um, but in, 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 Alf, in Dayton, they hired a guy named Brett Bashore. And Brett had been fired by iHeart eight months ago, last, last summer. So he's on the beach for eight months, and Alpha picks him up, right? You know, I, I guess my takeaway on that is radio, you're right, there's no pipeline, and radio loves to recycle managers with experience, with management experience, whether they're excellent or good or maybe not so good, but hey, they were a market manager in a bigger market, and now I can get them to Dayton. That's going to be a great hire. Uh, I, you know, again, no pipeline is what I say. I say no pipeline if that's the guy you needed to hire. Well, as I we move you. on, um, you know, one of the things we want to talk about this morning is why would an investor want to buy Nielsen, the audience rating company? We'll discuss that in a minute, but first. Keith, I got a question for you. Do you think news audiences are dying to interact with the TV news anchors? No. Just give me the news. Well, the, and, the, and then and then uh, you know then I'll then I'll then I'll switch over and watch March Madness. <laughs> it's like, no, I don't want to interact. And that you would interact with, with, I know. You know, if I if you know even even news talk stations, radio stations don't interact with listeners that much. And nobody takes calls. Or very few people take calls about the news of the day. You know, they're just doing their segments and 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 moving on. And um, you know, I think this the CNN Plus is uh, is is like, wh- why would I pay for what I already get for 
well, not for free, but I'm paying my for my cable. But I'm you know I'm already getting CNN on cable. How much more do I need? Well, CNN seems to think you need more, and they think that you need to. I think the phrase they use is uh, you'll be able to interact with our news anchors, and I just I'm with you. I, I don't I don't see that. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, Wolf, <laughs> what am I going to send an email to Wolf or send him a text? And he's Send gonna, him a text, oh, yeah, exactly. Keith in L.A. says, yeah. <laughs> yeah. New ways to interact and take part in the conversation. Okay, so I, th- I think they're struggling with this one. Uh, first of all, as you said, all of the existing anchors on CNN are kind of coming over. Now, they may be wearing jeans and a T-shirt instead of a suit, but they still are going to be the same yeah. talent. And we know CNN is a breaking news channel. What's CNN Plus? I mean, what? How are they going to define that? I think I think they got a real a real problem. But by the same token, I think there's some merit to having CNN or a CNN product behind the paywall. I think, you know, you've pointed out their ratings aren't great, but if they can get behind a paywall, maybe they can make it a sustaining kind of a business model. And with the cord cutting that's going on, CNN's in fewer and fewer homes every single day. Yeah, but I don't think that's the factor in, in terms of how they're losing audience. Um, but I think that, yeah, the questions that are, and the critiques that I've read are just basically saying, are there, are, there, who, are there any more people out there that want more of CNN, that they're willing to pay more for it than just getting what they're getting on normal CNN? Everybody wants a subscription service, right? We all want to have subscriber revenue because it's just pouring in. It's just pouring in. It's just great cash flow. Well, yeah, if you're freaking Disney or Netflix, you know. So, uh, yeah, you know, that's great. You know, even CBS is struggling with Paramount Plus and, you know, and Peacock and all those other things. So I I need another subscription? Do I really need another subscription? I I don't know. I think it's, I think it's, uh, you're right. It's like, well, but... You know, it, it allows us to do more long form. It's almost like they want to be a video NPR, subscriber-based, because, you know, all those long, great, mellow, low-talking segments on on NPR are really killing it on, you know, in terms of uh, podcasting and streaming, and we can do that with our guys. Well, you know what? If they wanted it, they'd be watching them, but they're not. They're listening to NPR and other sources. So, yeah, we're going to we're going to see how this this all plays out and particularly under the new ownership uh, by Discovery. So, uh, you know, how how long is this Discovery management team going to give CNN Plus? Probably not as long as Jeff Zucker would have done that. So, all right, well, we'll keep an eye on CNN Plus and uh, finally Nielsen Nielsen actually may be for sale. You know, this has really been the benchmark ratings service for years. And a few years ago, they absorbed Arbitron, who you and I really grew up with, in the radio ratings business, although Arbitron also rated television for many years also. I mean, this is a company that did almost $6.5 billion last year, and, and they have two segments. They have a media segment, which is media measurement, radio, TV, cable, et cetera, and they also have a content segment, which is about another $2.5 billion they call uh, Connect. Mm. This service has been, has been really challenged lately. First of all, radio and TV have had flat revenue for some time, at least on the advertising side for television and for radio. And then on the other side of it, Nielsen has been under real pressure because they have contracts that just go up and up and up. And, you know, for some stations, Arbitron's their second biggest expense category after payroll. 
So it's a very expensive commodity, and, and they're under a lot of pressure to, you know, from, from competition in, in that sense. So then the question becomes, who wants to buy it? What's going on, and why, why is somebody offering to buy this company, Keith? Uh, I, I have no idea. <laughs> I can't figure it out. You know, so you know, it's it's a consortium of private equity firms that want to, that want to get in there because they think there's a big upside. They think there's a way to slash expenses, grow revenue. It's the typical, you know, uh, VC poaching companies that you know uh, that 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 have a heavy expense and uh, and how do they cut that and uh, and then turn around and flip it for uh, you know a, a profit. So you know, I'm sure they see that in Nielsen. You know, the Nielsen struggle has been that they're, they're, they're attached at, at the hip to two linear media services, radio and television. And television's really had more of a struggle, maybe some could say, than radio has had because they're not as adept at getting great local advertisers. They're getting squeezed by radio and cable for good local dollars. And the, nas- the big agencies and the big national agencies aren't spending as much in traditional television because it's all going to digital and digital video and and other services. So, you know, Nielsen is stuck there. And, and so, you know, part of the problem is, is that they, their, their method of research is setting up panels. They have a group of people in every market that, you know, that are, have either a PPM monitor or a diary for a radio or have a, a you know, that the monitor that, that, that the, that's digitally attached, that's plugged into your television to track your television viewing. And that, so it's a representative sample. Now, that's all well and good, except when you compare it to digital, where you know how exactly how many people clicked on your ad or clicked on your website. Even though it might be bots, it doesn't matter. You know the exact number, you know, and it's a real number. Nielsen's is, is an extrapolation, and that extrapolation concept just freaks people, particularly digital people who are just so, you know, who spends billions in digital, you know, they, they can't handle that concept that they can't be told exactly how many people watch that ad on CBS or whatever. And, you know, they, they, they extrapolate it. It's an extrapolation. And I think in today's media world, that's a big problem because it's all about attribution, right? I mean, it's about we, we, can, we can actually say how many people clicked on our website. I can't tell you specifically how many people listen to my ad, but I can tell you an extrapolation of how many people listen to my ad. You know, uh, there was a story this, this uh, late last week about, uh, or maybe it was even in the, uh, the Monday trades where there's a classical station in Charlotte that's the number one station, 12 plus, average share in Charlotte, okay? It's like the 25th station in QM audience. So their 100,000 QM is probably represented by a handful of households that have listened so much and so long that it becomes the number one station, according to Nielsen's extrapolations, for audience. Same thing with our buddies in Seattle at the... Uh, at the uh, oh, no, oh, no, K-E-Z, no. What's, what's K- the, what's the, K- KEXP, got it. KEXP, yeah. You know, where they're like, you know, three and a half, four share, five share radio station, when in fact their QM audience ranks them 35th. So... Right. This is an issue that Nielsen's having to wrestle with is they've got to get this panel extrapolation thing figured out and and bet and closer to what actual numbers are because no one believes it. You know, come on. Classical's number 1 in Charlotte? Come well, on. Well, but they are they are into introducing what they call Nielsen 1 here in the next 6 months that is supposed to put all of the ratings on on an even platform which will be both digital 
as well as traditional linear media. And, you know, at the frankly, at the end of the day, Nielsen's success is based on one thing. It's the, the value they have at an agency level. And, you know, there's right. so many new people in the ad business today, you know, that don't have a legacy with Nielsen, that weren't buying it for TV for the last 25 years right. or buying it for radio for the last 25 years. So that's where you the know, it's real... A great, it's a great point. Yeah, so, well, good for them. And hopefully that can pull that out. Um, you know, because Nielsen, Nielsen ratings are the currency by which radio and television are bought. Locally, nationally, network, all of that stuff, they're the currency. If somebody else comes along, like in Eastland, you know, Eastland's becoming the currency for listenership ratings in smaller markets, you know, markets 100 and smaller. You know, and Nielsen's probably okay with that. You know, it's like, what do we need to deal with, you know, uh, Wausau? Uh, anymore. Uh, let's go with, uh, you know, let's go with the bigger markets. But uh, it's it's an interesting time, but clearly someone sees, and I think maybe you've put the, you've, you've nailed it with the Nielsen One product, and maybe that's what the VC guys are looking at going, you know, if they can make that happen, you know, this this could be a, a, a bit of a rocket ship for a while. Yeah, but uh, let, we, we got to be technical. Uh, these are not VCs. Venture capitalists don't invest in mature businesses. These oh. are either hedge funds or private equity groups, primarily private equity groups. Oh, private equity. Okay, yeah. private equity. I'm sorry. Yes, thank Our, you. I stand corrected. Private equity, cons- guys. Yep. Well, a reminder, Keith, as you know, we drop our next episode of Media Insultant on Friday. We don't do them on Thursday anymore. <laughs> and this next Friday, we want to talk about Byron Media because uh, Byron is suing more companies again. So... That'll be an interesting topic on Friday's Media Insultant. Media Insultant is a production. Well, I can't of, wait. <laughs> good. Yeah, it's a good story. Of in-town media. We're an interim broadcast management company, and you can find our podcast on any podcast platform. And, and Keith, our videos are on the Media Insultant Showcase on Vimeo. So go have a good week. I'll see you on Friday, Keith. Look forward to it, Jackson. Have a great week, buddy.